This podcast is brought to you by the Dunfield Retirement Residence, a casually elegant retirement community located at Young and Eglinton in the heart of Midtown Toronto. Customized living options complement your independent, active lifestyle. Learn more at thedunfield.com. Unfortunately, one organizer put out a flyer and posted it on social media indicating that this would also be to support Israel. Unfortunately, after all of the meetings that I have had with community leaders where the agreement has been to keep the politics away from our city and to try to bring everyone together in an interfaith type of setting, I'm incredibly concerned that that type of language sends a message that this is an event supporting Israel. That's the voice of Calgary's Mayor Jody Gondek speaking a few days ago about why she felt she couldn't attend the 35th annual Hanukkah menorah lighting ceremony at her city hall last week, an event she's been to before and participated in even last year. Gondek explained that the organizers had, in her words, repositioned the event to be a show of support for Israel. While local Jewish leaders and the organizers called it a slap in the face, with all the anti-Semitism facing the community since October 7th, it turns out the mayor's decision came only after a series of negotiations between the organizers and City Hall, in which the organizers had tried to make the event a strong show of support for Israel. Calgary Rabbi Menachem Matusov tells me his committee asked city staff if they would be allowed to play a video of a Hebrew prayer for the welfare of the Israeli captives. It's called Achenu, but they were told no because that doesn't have anything to do with Hanukkah. They were also told they couldn't have posters of the hostages inside the building and no signs and definitely no to holding a pro-Israel demonstration outside City Hall after the event. The rabbi says the city nearly vetoed allowing Israeli flags, too, until he threatened to cancel the whole thing. But he did promise the event would be a regular Hanukkah celebration and not a demonstration. Then the mayor cancelled, even though her name was already on the posters, and it put Calgary on the same map as the city of Moncton when lawmakers there cancelled Hanukkah only briefly. This did not strike me as anything that was Um, inappropriately political. Now, if the poster had been changed to read, you know, flood the tunnels or something, I think Jody Gondek would have had a point. But I I didn't read that as such, and I don't think most sensible, morally sane people would. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, December the 13th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Although Hanukkah 2023 is nearly over for this year, the fallout from the Calgary mayor's very public spat with its Jewish community by boycotting the official candlelighting ceremony at City Hall won't soon be forgotten. And while there were dozens of Calgary politicians at the event and even the deputy mayor spoke, the mayor's actions are the latest flashpoint in the Alberta city, where the conflict in the Middle East has been reverberating on the streets of Calgary since October 7th. In November, a local Muslim leader was charged for chanting from the river to the sea at one of these large weekly anti-Israel rallies, but then the charges were abruptly dropped. Calgary's Jewish community of about 9,500 people is growing, but not as quickly as the Muslim population of nearly 95,000. That's 10 to 1. 
So what really happened leading up to the mayor's move? And what does it mean for relations with the city's Jewish community? To find out, I'm joined by three Calgary observers. Nelson Halpern is a prominent accountant and Jewish leader who was the honoree at the event and one of the organizers. Jen Gerson is a journalist. She co-founded the Line.ca newsletter. She brought her two children to the event. And Rabbi Mark Glickman is spiritual leader of the Reform Temple B'nai Tikva in Calgary. I'm going to start with Jen. You were at the Calgary City Hall for the annual menorah lighting. Was this the first time you'd ever attended this kind of thing? Uh, I was absolutely the first time that I had attended a menorah lighting. Um, I was just personally taken aback by the Calgary mayor's decision to not only not attend, but also make such a big deal out of not attending. And I thought that in light of that, it was kind of important to show some support to my neighbors and just show up. I mean, I'm not Jewish myself, but you know, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with 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 the, the, what it's about. Yes. So, Jen, you wrote a scathing column in your newsletter on Substack, and you even used the f bomb to describe what she should be doing. You said she has to just do her fucking job. So I, do I don't know if CJN's use... even allowed to use that on the CJN. Well, do you do remember that I use the F-bomb quite liberally? I'm, I, I get criticized quite a lot for that. So uh, I accept that criticism and I reject it. Hmm. No, I mean, look, we have a basic a set of unwritten rules in a pluralistic society. And one is that major civic leaders show up to menorah lightings. They show up at Ramadan. They show up to Diwali. They show up to these things even if they don't necessarily agree with all the politics of the groups involved. But, you know, they show up because that's what you do, because you're when you do that as a representative of civic society and as a leader in that society, you're showing that first and foremost, all these people are Canadian. We're all Calgarian. We're all part of the same team. We're all part of the same group. We can disagree with one another. But you know what? When it comes to your holidays, I'm going to honor and respect your holidays and you're going to honor and respect my holidays. And this is kind of, I think, one of the unspoken rules of living in a highly multicultural, highly pluralistic society. And my concern is that when you break that down and you start saying, well, I'll show up to this group, but not this group, you, you know, the, those unspoken rules are fundamentally brought under threat and it collapses. And, 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 and the glue that holds our society together, the, the cohesion that holds our society together. To me, this wasn't a hard moral test to pass. And the analogy I would say is that let's say, you know, there was an Islamic terrorist attack in London and a Canadian mayor had responded to that by saying, I'm going to not give a preordained speech to, speech at a, at a mosque because I don't want to be seen to be supporting Islamic terror. I think we would condemn that person. You know, I don't require Jody Gondek to necessarily agree with every single thing that Israel's done to show up to a menorah lighting ceremony that has been taking place in the atrium of City Hall for Calgary for more than 30 years. You asked her in your column, she is making it into a political event when it wasn't supposed to be that way. Is that a bit naive? And I'll bring you two gentlemen in in a minute. Because everything now after October 7th is political. I would I would argue that if she had a genuine pang of conscience conscience and disagreed with this event, which by the way, just to say, as a non-Jew, putting something like for a Jewish community to put something like supporting Israel on an otherwise totally benign poster doesn't, in my mind, change the meaning, narrative, or intent of a menorah lighting ceremony, okay? especially considering what's happened since October 7th. I didn't find that personally offside. I didn't read that event as some kind of pro-war rally. But secondly, 
I think that if Jodie Gondak had genuinely happily had some kind of pang of conscience, there were ways that she could have gone about withdrawing from this event without making it about her and without making it about without making it a political firestorm. She could have called in sick. She could have claimed a family emergency. She could have called the community and told had a conversation about what was going on. And instead, the way she chose to go about this was to issue a very public press release, to put it on Twitter, to um, put a tweet out criticizing the poster. Uh, she went on multiple media um, outlets. She did Scrum. She went on the CBC this morning, doubling down on this. She chose to center this decision and make her decision and the virtue that she wanted to display in this decision, a very public political event. That was a choice. She did not have to do that. There were ways she could have withdrawn from that event in ways that would have been discreet and diplomatic and not made it into a national firestorm. She made some choices here. Um, And I think it's naive to presume that she was innocent of that choice. Do you think that it's because of demographics? I think that there's a combination of political factors. I think that there's demographics absolutely play into this. I think also ideology plays into this. Um, We know that there is a subsection of progressives right now who are arguing that um, uh, what Israel is doing constitutes genocide and therefore any association with Israel whatsoever is therefore sort of tacitly supporting genocide. Um, I don't personally ascribe to that view and I think that that is an extreme view. Um, but I also think that, uh, Jody is known for being a progressive mayor and I think she's known for being a fairly leftist mayor. So I don't think it's naive to imagine that she's finds some of those arguments convincing. Okay. I'm going to bring in, uh, Rabbi Glickman and, and Nelson. Um, either of you can start, uh, if you want to pick up on anything that uh, Jen has, has already mentioned. Well, I, I appreciate everything that Jen said, and, and overwhelmingly I agree with her. I guess the only thing I'll add is that, you know, we, we, need, we need to understand that this is a very fraught time. This is a very difficult time, uh, and um, the, the mayor is, is in a very difficult position here. I, I think um, I, I, too, wish she would have handled it differently. I I certainly can understand uh, how when uh, uh, relatively recently before this event, the the Israel piece came on the poster, that made it much more difficult for her. And I come to to this too, having worked with Mayor Gondek, she has done really important work in calling together differing uh, uh, groups in our community, trying to foster some some constructive dialogue. So so I appreciate that, and I find her decision and the way she handled it unfortunate as well. But it is a very difficult time, and we all need to, to try to, to uh, uh, come into this with, with as much sensitivity to all these views as possible, even as, as a Jew, of course, I, am, uh, I wish that the world in general would, would stand by Israel in, in, in these very difficult times, just as I wish it would stand with the Palestinian people. Okay, but you wrote her a letter. So maybe uh, you want to tell us why you were moved to write her a letter and well, what, I was, what you said. I, I was tr- troubled because I saw that in her statement, she not only bought out of the of participating in the event, but she also used that statement to make uh, to 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 be critical of Israel. So in the name of being neutral, she actually became a partisan player 
in this controversy. And that makes it harder to work with her as a, 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 a credible uh, a broker of peace during these difficult times. So, Nelson, you and your wife were honorees and uh, you lit one of the candles, the first one. What do you know about how it all kind of worked behind the scenes between when the poster came out and when the wording was decided? Yeah, so, so I, I think that the, the mayor is totally disingenuous about all this, that um, I think that this is all uh, smoke and mirrors that she knew exactly what she was doing. And this is all political from her side. The, the menorah lighting has been going on for 35 years. It has always been supportive of Israel. Uh, Jewish Federation has always spoken and presented at the event. And I only became part of it a week ago. And this year we decided uh, when I was, uh, even before I was uh, 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 offered to be an honoree at the event, I discussed with Rabbi Matasoff about bringing Federation in and having a more uh, robust event to show solidarity for the state of Israel because of the two-month anniversary of October the 7th. And Rabbi Matasoff agreed and Federation agreed that that would be a very good thing. And to, you know, bring one or two more speakers on to talk about the issues with Israel. And that was it. And that so so it was an, an extra statement brought maybe on the poster to advertise or promote that activity. But beyond that, it's not a rally. It's just talking about solidarity for Israel, and of course, of, of, of course, it's going to be pro pro Israel, right? We're Jewish people; we we stand with Israel, and in Judaism, we don't make distinctions between the political and the religious. We need to engage in the real issues of the world, and so for anybody to ex expect that we would separate what's going on in Israel from this important religious event is unrealistic. How would you respond then to people who are going to attack or condemn the Jewish diaspora for what's happening in Israel, if you're feeling to make that distinction? I would say they're anti-Semitic. So that does that mean any criticism of Israel is anti-Semitic? Yes. I mean, this this is this is I think this is playing. This is this is a problem. Anti-Israel is anti-Semitic. No, but if you're saying that I can't criticize some of the actions of Benjamin Netanyahu without being anti-Semitic. Israelis criticize Right, the and they're not, of course, and of they're not anti-Semitic. We in Canada criticize Netanyahu, but we of don't course. have a right to. We don't vote in Israel. I want to bring it back to what the mayor said, though. Let's talk about it. We've been watching what's been going on in Calgary from outside. There's weekly marches by both sides, but I want you to sort of talk to me about what is it like to be living through this October 7th, uh, and and being Jewish in Calgary at the moment for you guys. The, the, remember, Cal Calgary, as is the case with many communities, we have a very large Muslim community here. Uh, every Sunday there are rallies down the, downtown, all kinds of ugly slo slogans being bandied about. I don't, I mean, as a, a modern progressive uh, Jew who is a passionate Zionist and lover of Israel, I don't understand why people can't get can't take a some sort of a slogan that says something like pro israel pro israel pro palestinian anti hamas and the mayor could have done that and showed some important leadership in this case and she didn't and that's one of my my disappointments about about what happened she she could have stood with israel without being against the Palestinians. I guess what I want to know is are you feeling intimidated as a member of the Jewish community either of you 
because of all the things and now this very much intimidated because there's a heavy police presence and without the police presence i think it would be different the police presence makes me feel safer i i have family in montreal and my my kids go to my grandkids go to Jewish school there and my daughter-in-law is scared to send her kids to Jewish school because there's shootings in the Jewish schools outside and and it, it's different people taking their mezuzahs off their doorposts because they're scared of they're intimidated you're and talking about calgary is, they're taking their no, mezuzahs off in calgary no, in Toronto okay, i want to know about Montreal. calgary please yeah so what's in it calgary, like we're not there yet but this this rise of anti-semitism and the problem is Leadership in all places is not speaking out against anti-Semitism. So when my mayor in my city will not stand up and speak out against anti-Semitism, that concerns me. I guess I should mention, just for our listeners who already know this, but the province of Alberta not only recently just upped its funding for security for the Jewish community, but also adopted the um, uh, mandatory Holocaust education a couple of weeks back earlier this fall. So obviously the province, the state, even Danielle Smith said this week that she thinks what the mayor did was wrong. But what about you, Rabbi Glickman? How are you feeling? How are your congregation members feeling? We in Cal- Calgary have been traumatized. I do know people who are taking down their mezuzahs. It is a vi- it is a time of great fear. Uh, there's a growing uh, number of anti-Semitic incidents. Thankfully, nothing violent that I've heard about yet, but certainly very scary uh, uh, incidents. I have reached out to the Muslim community trying to find somebody who's willing to say something like, we're going to disagree about what's going on in Gaza, but we are opposed to anti-Semitism and Islamophobia, and we don't want that conflict to spill out into the streets here. I have been frustrated in that I, I've been having trouble finding Muslim partners in that, although there are some who are starting to step forward, and that's encouraging. So... It's not the first time that her her tweets or whatever have kind of raised eyebrows in the Jewish community. Not about this, but there is a history with her, is there not? Can you maybe give us a little bit of the background? You know, look, she's she's been called all kinds of horrible things, anti-Semitic. You know, uh, my fellow panelists here were saying that this this was um, this seemed uh, like a like it was something she did very intentionally. I don't think she is anti-Semitic. I think those criticisms are unfair. Um, I do think that she handled this clumsily. I wish it had been otherwise. Um, and uh, I hope that there is there will be opportunities to mend the relationship between her and the Jewish community in the future. But what goes? What what happens next? Are you kind of breaking off relations now with her? I have made a pointed decision not to break off rela- relations, and I might catch some flack for that because of the firestorm that this has set off. But she has done, as I said, important work in bringing groups together. That is so important in our community. I have pledged to continue that work. And my hope is that in time there will be healing. I don't know that that uh, there is any shuttle diplomacy to be had right now. I think it's going to be a, a slow and long-term process of healing from this uh, very painful moment. I think that she's got to do a lot of work to uh, redeem herself, to uh, prove that she's got, uh, you know, like the, the numbers are there. We're, we're 8,000 Jews and the Muslims are 100,000 people. So she's got to prove that we're worth something to her because right now she's sort of thrown us out with the bathwater.
Okay, uh, Jen, I want to ask you one last question. Going forward now, it was so embarrassing. This is like a Moncton menorah world attention on Calgary. How totally do you see what what happens now? Is this bad for Monk? Is it bad for Calgary? Bad for Alberta? What does this do? Well, I think it's I think it's terribly embarrassing for 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 Calgary. And like I said, this was just regardless of whether or not we we agree with her decision to abstain herself. This was very poorly handled politically, and it reflects very poorly on 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 Calgary. And I think also you know we can sit here and debate the nuances of the language on the poster. Me, a person coming from outside this community, I looked at that poster. I did not read into that poster and its tone or its advertising any kind of offensive or pro-war sentiment there. I read it as a very um, relatively benign menorah lighting ceremony, and I took it as read. Um, so I don't think that that was, I, I think that her interpretation of the poster was um, either disingenuous or it was unhinged. Take your pick. So I mean, you yeah, weren't afraid to bring your two children, who are uh, elementary school children, to a to this event, right? Yeah, to this this apparent terrible event with children's choirs had advertised on a children's programming, arts and crafts. Okay, this was not that this this did not strike me as anything that was um, inappropriately political. Now, if the poster had been changed to read, you know, flood the tunnels or something, I think Jody Gondek would have had a point. But I didn't read that as such, and I don't think most sensible, morally sane people would. I also want to want to add. I mean, you know, you're citing all of these these specific uh, uh, specific uh, episodes, and those are all certainly valid uh, items for discussion. Big picture, though. Calgary is a very good place for a Jew to live. There's a thriving Jewish community here. We overwhelmingly have good relations with our neighbors. We are very much part of the picture in terms of the the leadership of this community. It, Calgary is a great place for a Jew to live, and and I think we need to keep that in perspective. Okay, is there anything that I didn't ask that you want our listeners to understand about this story? Well, I, I think it was a very, very successful program. You know, it was sort of like in two parts. The first part was like a traditional menorah lighting ceremony with the choirs and the singing and the band playing and everybody clapping. And it was very heartfelt and very good. And then the kids left and did their arts and crafts. And it was very Hamish. It was very nice. And then the speeches started. And then it was very stand with Israel and very passionate and and it was just very, very heartening, and it was very good. And then an alderman spoke and very strong about uh, why we should support Israel. And uh, so it was good. It was very successful. And then the media, I watched the news later at night. It was all about why the mayor didn't want to support. So it, it's like the media does one thing, and we do our own thing. And so, you know, it's, it's, it leaves me sort of with a bad taste in my mouth. that sort of the media was bought off. So I don't I wouldn't like the say they were bought. I wouldn't say they were bought off, but I think it's newsworthiness because of what That's the mayor good. says. When she says it, it becomes yeah. newsworthy. I know. He spiced it up and made it even more important. Like the Moncton one, so. two people would have showed up. But because Moncton canceled it, hundreds of people yeah. came. Do you know what I mean? It's like. That's kind of how it works. But it's I don't want to blame the media on this. She did this no. herself. That's right. So I we had a great program and I feel good about it. And everybody that was there feels good about it. And that's what's important. And I'm going to keep going to the rallies every Sunday and I'm going to go to the carve rally on Sunday. And uh, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. So that's what's important. And the only thing I would add is that just, you know, however troubling this moment is in our community and 
partly because it's so troubling. My message to the community is that we really need to double down on our, on our efforts to reach out as good neighbors to non-Jews and, and to uh, reestablish or establish or reestablish our friend, friendships and to move forward to hopefully build a better community for us all. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. We're also watching the fallout from Tuesday's United Nations General Assembly meeting in New York, where Canada voted for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire and an immediate release of the hostages. But the resolution doesn't condemn Hamas for the October 7th terrorist attack, and it doesn't actually mention Hamas at all or hold it accountable. Canadian Jewish leaders and even some members of the Liberals' own caucus, including Anthony Housefather and Marco Mendicino, slammed Canada's yes vote because last time Canada abstained from a similar vote. If you want to write to us about this, we're at ebessner at thecjn.ca. Thanks for listening to the CJN Daily. The Dunfield Retirement Residence offers customized living options to complement your independent, active lifestyle. Welcome home. Welcome to the Dunfield. Visit us at thedunfield.com to book a personal tour.